Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 40 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Um, gents, a good week. Uh, I think this is a great week for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling great. I, I, when Justin jumped on, on, the, on the podcast um, call earlier, he was in a very good mood, so um, uh, <laughs> he was in a very yeah positively bouncy. Um, Bob, how, how, how are you? Are you as bouncy? <laughs> quite Giggles. bouncy. He's quite bouncy. Um, all right, so we have a good show for you today. Uh, I think you know there's been some um, actually really good news for Democrats, g- generally speaking. So we're going to be going through all of that. We're going to be talking about. First of all, uh, we're going to be talking about Biden's uh, great speech about uh, where he really called out Trump and the MAGA threat to democracy in America. Uh, we're going to cover the Republican freakout in in regards to this. Basically, they are losing their minds over over Biden's speech. We are going to be talking about the fantastic jobs report um, that we're going to be talking about. Sarah Palin losing. Thank God we have uh, a <laughs> yeah. little segment on uh, Democrats' midterm prospects. Getting better by the day. Uh, we have our both side segment where we talk about craziness, uh, Republican insanity, and why it is absolutely not an equivalent to anything on the left. And then in our members-only podcast today, we're going to be talking about Trump freaking out. And there's evidence that Trump really is freaking out about what's happening right now. Uh, we're going to go into that. Um, we can talk about Bob's members-only piece this week. So please join us there. But uh, let's get going. Um, f- before we start, I want everybody to listen to this. This is a segment from Joe Biden's speech. So we're going to we're going to listen to this this segment and uh, uh, we're going to discuss. Okay. So here we go. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat 
to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots, and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. So, yeah, very powerful words from the president. Very, very powerful, powerful words from the president there. I thought that was one of the best speeches that he's done. Uh, there were a couple of lines in there that I thought were um, very shocking. Um, you know, he said there's no question that the Republican Party is dominated and driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And he said, quote, and that is a threat to this country. Uh, he also said... Um, MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And we're working right, and they're working right now, as, as I speak, in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. Um, that wasn't in the clip we just played. That was actually, that, that's, that's another bit that he said there. Um, mm. And he talks about... Um, uh, you know that they don't view the the, the insurrectionists as um, you know the, these are these are not criminals or insurrectionists. They look at them as patriots, and um, he calls them a, a clear and present danger to our democracy. Uh, that's pretty serious. That's pretty strong words from the president, right? Like I I haven't heard Biden be that explicit. No, and it was awesome. Yes. Yeah. That was one of his best. Uh, Yeah, he was really uh, he was really sharp. And uh, it's always interesting when the president raises his voice like that, Mm. because the message becomes very crisp and (laughs) pointed. It's it's kind of amazing the difference between Joe Biden kind of just leaning in and, and giving it to you straight where he's kind of just talking to you one-on-one, that sort of thing, versus giving one of these barn burner types of speeches, with which uh, somehow, and I, I've never been a huge fan of Joe Biden's public speaking. He's always been uh, a little sketchy when it comes to gaffes and things like that, stumbling over words. And that's something that goes back to the 80s. I just want to be entirely clear about that. Uh, but uh, he has really stepped up, uh, certainly during the campaign and, and now with this particular speech. And I, I especially love the content mainly because I've been talking about this for a while now, which is that, uh, if your concept of democracy is that you need to enforce democracy at the point of a gun, or if you believe that, uh, change in this country comes through violence, that's completely contrary to what democracy is all about. Democracy is a contest of words and votes and nothing more. And I think that was primarily the thrust of this speech from last night, where he's talking mm. about, uh, you know, violence isn't how we do change in this country. That's not how this happens. That's not how it's supposed to work. Be very aware of anyone who thinks that you need to 
shoot your enemy, shoot your political opponent in order to uh, make change in this country. And that's not that's not what happens. I, I was so glad, so uh, relieved to hear the president actually step up and, and lay this all out. Yeah. And the way the way Republicans are freaking out about it. I mean, th- there's a phrase for it. A hit dog will holler. Because this is, they know, right? When when people complain about racist white guys, do any of you feel threatened by that? I I don't feel attacked. You know, when when women complain about toxic masculinity, I don't feel attacked, right? They're not Mm -hmm. talking about me, right? If if someone complains about fascists and you get really, really angry, that's because when you look in the mirror, you see a fascist looking back at you. So you know they're talking about you. And that's the, the people who are screaming the loudest are the people who know he was talking about me. So it's, they're just telling they're telling on themselves. Yeah, it's one of those situations where uh, what's the metaphor I've seen floating around where uh, they run up to you. Republicans run up to you and say, hey, fuck you. And then you say back to them, oh, no, fuck you. And then they suddenly they go, why are you being so crude and mean? <laughs> Wait exactly. a second. Jesus, going back to what uh, Jonah Goldberg 20 years ago published a book called Liberal Fascism. Donald Trump has spent the last at least seven years calling Democrats communists, baby killers, that we want to murder infants in their cribs as soon as they're born, uh, Venezuela style socialists, radical leftists on down the line. I mean, <laughs> talk about accusing half the country of being something unsavory. Yeah, speaking uh, of which, speaking of which, yeah. I have a little clip. I have a little clip. Um, <laughs> or, uh, y- 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 our listeners might like to to hear uh, when. So this is they've been moaning. The Re- Republicans have been, I mean, whining and whining and whining and whining and whining. Right, Tucker Carlson. Uh, Tucker Carlson tweeted out, says Biden compared millions of Americans to the monsters we shot, bombed, and later hung from the gallows in World War II. The children and grandchildren of Americans who died fighting Nazis are now themselves Nazis, says Biden, because they vote Republican. Um, so my response to that was, uh, yeah, no, no, good, well, well put. It's very succinct, Tucker. You got that right. Um, <laughs> um, you told the uh, truth. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I don't know. You have a problem with that? I mean, yeah, fine. Um, but anyway, here's a little mashup, right, of um, of, uh, <laughs> of Republicans definitely not calling liberals fascists or anything like that. Okay, here we go. I think they're fascists. I think they want to use the power of the state to change the rest of us. Falsely branding a political protest as an insurrection, that is the definition of authoritarianism, of fascism. Their tactics are, are fascistic. The left wants power because... That is essentially their state of grace. The blackout of information by the left is pure fascism. It turns out there are fascists in charge. Nancy Pelosi is fascistic. They're using, frankly, um, fascist policies to silence the right. They use cancel culture as, as a tool to impose their fascism on us. Well, I won't say fascists, but yeah, fascists. This is fascism. This is fascism of the left. You were talking about fascism. There's no other word to describe this. This is fascism. Okay, so that's... uh, (laughs) Just remember, every Republican accusation is a confession. Right, yeah. Seriously, they might as well just tattoo it on themselves. It it is hilarious. You can't spend, you know, the last God knows how many years calling left uh, liberals fascists and then host... They Where did they hold CPAC? They held it in fucking Hungary, right? 
Yeah, Victor, Victor Orban, Orban, who's a yeah. fucking fascist, who spoke at CPAC. Yeah. Fascist, right? <laughs> they are they are embracing fascism everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you, you give me a fascist leader, and and the Republicans are all over it. Like Trump and Bolsonaro are good friends. Uh, he loves Vladimir Putin. Um, he loves King Duterte. John. Yeah, yeah, right. King John Un. Like the, these are like. I mean, the, obviously North Korea is it, that's a step beyond fascism. That's something. That's something else. Um, but yeah, you, you give give the Republicans a dictator uh, on the right, a fascist, and and they love him. Um, but then be get accused of being fascist themselves, and uh, uh, that's obviously yeah. that, that's terrible. That's a that's a below the belt, right? That's a, that's a step too far from the left. You know how dare they? How dare they uh, uh, call us exactly what we are? It's I yeah, mean, these are the people who were throwing hissy fit about the the imagery of Biden standing with red uh, red lighting background, saying, "Oh my God, look how fascist that is." It's like meanwhile on CPAC, the stage was literally a Nazi symbol. It was the diamond with the little wings at the top. And it's like that you can't do that by accident because that's not even like an obscure Nazi symbol. That's like what they had up on their freaking shoulders. And like as soon as I saw it, I was like, why do they have a Nazi symbol as a stage? And everyone called them on it, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, that I wasn't mean, accidental at all. There were swastikas at the uh, at the at January 6th. There were people with, 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 uh, with, with swastikas there. Um, yeah, and no one complained. No one said, oh, get out of here, you Nazi. They were like, oh, come. Join us. One of the guys, just one of the guys. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the uh, didn't Trump say that there were good people on both sides at Charlottesville and the one side was chanting Jews shall not replace us. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. then one of them drove a car, one of them drove a car into a crowd of people and killed yeah. a protester, you know? Yeah. But, How much but, more but, on the nose can you be than yeah, that? Both, both sides are great, right? Both sides are both sides just as very, very just good as bad people. As each other. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. But anyway, I, so, so you know, getting back to Biden's speech, I, I, I think that the timing couldn't have been better as well, right? Like, the, the Republicans are on the back foot now. Um, the, it, it really does seem to be a remarkable turnaround. I don't know how this has happened, how Biden has managed to pull this one out. But that's yeah. been a fairly dramatic comeback. Even the press has not turned around and said, I can't believe Biden's being so divisive. I haven't seen that today. Which is well, amazing. yeah, not today. Certainly, uh, Face the Nation was on that the other day on Sunday. Uh, CNN has been uh, doing this sort of thing, this sort of concern trolling about semi-fascists. But that, that's kind of a race today, and yeah. it's an interesting thing to observe. Uh, plus, I just I wanted to add this too for a little bit of emphasis, and that is that I don't think it's a coincidence that all of these. Uh, positive developments, certainly out of Congress with this uh, uh, entire menu of legislation that's been passed. All of these things, it's not a coincidence that they're happening this close to the election. So I just want to throw that out there. If we were at all concerned about the Democrats and their alleged inability to deal adequately with politics in the modern age, Take a look at what's happened in the past month and then bear in mind that we're, uh, you know, 60 something days away from uh, the election, that we're only about 25 days away from early voting and mail in voting starting in many states. So the timing of all of these things, including last night's remarks, are, I think, deliberate and that's all great news. Obviously, the content of these uh, success stories is a, a series of positive developments for America. But the timing from a politics point of view 
is also very, very good news for the Democratic Party. Even if we come up short on the House side in the midterms, it, this is way better than any other uh, midterm that we faced with a uh, Democratic president in office. So uh, I think overall, hats off to the Democratic Party for, I think, timing these things deliberately and just right, just right to get voters motivated and energized uh, for the midterms. Yeah, but, you know, I, I yeah, it does to seem a bit of a coincidence that they did all of this just in time for the midterms. Yeah, exactly. And and again, 40 days out from the election, that's when many states start their early voting and mail-in voting. So it's not, we're not looking at uh, 60 plus days until election day. We're actually looking more like 20 something days until voting begins. And given the short attention span of American voters, couldn't be better timing as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And then along those lines, I wanted to mention my favorite... Uh, section of the speech from last night uh, where Joe Biden said, I will not stand by and watch the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. <laughs> and by people, he means Donald J. Trump. He should have played a baby crying sound in the background while he was talking. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, that there was. Did awesome. you hear there was there was someone yelling in the background with a bullhorn? Kind of uh, yeah, and I, I assumed I wrote this on Twitter. I assumed that it was Dan Bongino in New York City screaming at <laughs> Joe Biden. That's how loud he is. Yeah. Um, but there was a there was a oh, another great uh, a great sign, um, which I I think uh, this is this is like a, it sends a very very. Um, a strong warning shot to Republicans about what what's about to happen uh, about Sarah Palin. Oh, so this is uh, from the Guardian. A special election for Alaska's only seat in the U.S. House was won by the Democrat Mary um, Mary Peltola, delivering a blow to the former vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin's hopes of a political comeback and putting wind in the sails of the Democratic Party as it heads for November's midterm elections. Peltola's victory by 51.5% to 48.5% marks a stunning turnaround in a state known for its solid conservative leanings. The single house seat was held for almost 50 years by the Republican Don Young until his death in March. Uh, Donald Trump, who endorsed Palin and campaigned for her at a rally in Anchorage, won Alaska by 10 points in the 2020 presidential election. That marks a swing of 13 points to Peltola's three-point lead. Um, that's pretty hmm. spectacular. Well, no, it's even yeah. better than that. Unprecedented. Though, yeah. Because there was yeah. two Republicans running and it was ranked choice. Like I can see they don't like Palin, right? Cause Palin's trash and everyone hates her, blah, blah, blah. They could have voted for the other Republican. And I don't know anything about the other Republican, but I haven't heard anything. Like they don't seem to be like a crazy foaming at the mouth lunatic. So they could have voted for the other Republican, if only to deny the Democrat a seat, mm. right? But they didn't. A bunch of like mo uh, more than half of the people, because ranked choices, you vote for your first choice, and then you have a second choice. So more than half of the people who um, voted for the Democrat, all I'm sorry, who voted for the third place Republican, because that per that whoever that person is, I don't have the name in front of me. That person came in third. But more than half of those people voted for the Democrat instead of Palin because mm. they were just like, you know, or they just didn't vote at all. They were just like nobody. 
screw it. If it's not this person, then I don't want any Republican. I don't want anyone at all. So and then a bunch of them went to the Democrat instead. Yeah. So look, there, there's there's a, in the Guardian piece by Ed Pilkington, who is uh, um, their New York correspondent. So this is um, I thought this is interesting in his report. Right? I wanted to read this. Um, so. He writes of the of the election outcome. He says, analysts poured over the results of the vote, which was held two weeks ago under a new ranked choice system, but finalised on Wednesday. It was being seen as a significant outcome on several levels, as potential response to the recent US Supreme Court overturning of the constitutional right to abortion, to Trump's enduring grip on the Republican Party, and to Palin herself. The Washington Post pointed out that Democrats have shown gains over the, their 2020 margins in all five special elections held since abortion rights enshrined in Roe v. Wade in 1973 was slung out by the Trump supercharged Supreme Court in June. Of the five contests, the Alaska results showed the biggest surge in Democratic support. Um, wow. Yeah, so that it's oh, worth yeah. kind of having that in mind. I think, you know, this obviously the Roe v. Wade reversal was was absolutely terrible um but it has it has seemed to have woken up the country the country seems to be realizing what's happening uh that this insane christian dominionist justin as you've you written about so um so well in that that five pot series that we published on the banter you wrote about this 10 years ago and uh we, we published on the banter but it gives a great sort of overview of the Christian dominionist movement in America, but it's, it's now on steroids and basically taking over every aspect of American life. Um, and, you know, Roe versus Wade was one of the first major, major victims in this, in this takeover. So Americans, I think are waking up and real and think saying, hold on a second. I I'm not really down to live under the sort of, you know, the Christian version of the Taliban. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, no. we, we, we're not really out for this uh so and for a democrat to win in alaska and and for you know this is an indigenous american as well uh th this is quite significant i've never heard of this woman before and I, I i had no idea who she was and she's beat a name brand MAGA conservative i mean the other than donald trump who who epitomizes the MAGA movement more than 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 uh, you know other than Donald Trump? It's Sarah Palin. You know Sarah Palin yeah. basically started the MAGA movement. You know this, mm -hmm. she she was the sort of original yeah, um, patient zero. Yeah, patient zero, dumb fuck, um, full of confidence, uh, barely articulate, who basically inflamed the culture wars, um, and, and she can't win an election in Alaska. Yeah, Alaska hasn't voted blue for presidential since 1968 and 70, 71 for the House seat. Uh, crazy. It so it's crazy. insane. Yeah, that's crazy. So this is this is very very big news. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm feeling good. Yeah, it all kind of started what we see right now happening with the red hats and the uh, MAGA movement and and so on. Really, kind of started in the middle 1960s and uh, got off the ground when Nixon was elected and the uh, uh, 
fucking horrendousness that happened during the Nixon administration as far as uh, intelligence community overreach against political enemies. Uh, Nixon's enemies list is uh, targeting of the Democrats in 1972, even though he was God only know, I forget the actual poll numbers, but 20 points ahead in the polls for 1972, yet Watergate happened anyway. And then uh, Reagan married the Republican Party with the evangelical movement. And then we get to uh, George W. Bush, who kind of started that. Uh, well, he didn't start it. He continued that dumbing down of the Republican Party. And uh, it really hit its stride with Sarah Palin. And uh, you can see a direct connective tissue between Sarah Palin uh, and her rally crowds becoming the Tea Party after Barack Obama was inaugurated. So we mm. see the Tea Party in 2009, 2010, and that's a direct offshoot of the Sarah Palin movement, of the Sarah Palin rally crowds and so on. And then that became uh, Trumpism. That became Donald Trump's whole thing in 2015. He just jumped aboard all of that and made it far, far worse, uh, really indulging the worst instincts, the worst behaviors of America. That was his uh, his contribution to all of it. Like, we yeah, don't even need the to pretend that we're, you know, decent human beings here. We can just be as awful as we want to be. And if you tell us to stop, then you're trampling on our First Amendment rights. It's such horseshit. Right. Be, be your worst selves and I will yeah. reward you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about this later in the members only um, section about... Um, embracing the worst of us and and saying that all oh, this kind of behavior is acceptable we're going to be talking yeah. about that because because uh there's some truly shocking examples of that now um with what trump is saying because i think he's freaked out but we're going to get into that in the members only section um so but look um how important so uh, you know the sarah pain in loss this this i think is this could be sort of a turning point i think this kind of marks like the the, the republican party is in serious serious shit and they know it. And they, yeah, they always they, say don't read a lot into um, special special elections. But, but it's five Republicans are doing poorly in all of the special elections in a year where they should be doing well in right. all of the special elections. And right. that's that's a trend. That means something. And it's nothing good for Republicans. So, yeah, what what um, midterms, what do we think? What do we where, – where are we um, – Bob, you've been quite rosy on the midterms um, even before all of this stuff. So has, yeah, is this yeah. made is this uh, has this made you even more confident? Uh, oh yeah, certainly. Um, I, I'm not 100 percent there when it comes to the House side. I'm pretty confident that we'll come away on the Senate side with uh, you know a, a one or two seat majority on the Senate side. That's mm. uh, looking good. Obviously, my caution is always don't get happy. Make sure that uh, you know just because the polls look good right now doesn't mean we don't have to participate. That's uh, the ongoing concern, I think, with Democrats is that we sometimes get complacent and then we don't vote the way we should. And really, when we're talking about elections that are decided by one or two percentage points, every vote matters. Energy matters. Momentum matters. Volunteering matters. Uh, and we, we quite honestly haven't seen, I think, this kind of energy since 2018 um, going into a midterm. 
And what's so unprecedented about that is we have a Democratic president. So uh, this is not going to be 2010. This is not going to be 2014. Uh, I think we're going to do quite well uh, in relation to those uh, previous elections. So uh, but and then there are a number of races on the uh, state and local side that we're keeping our eye on, too. And I, I think overall, it's going to be good news if, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. I think uh, if people are turning out and especially uh, new women voters at the numbers that we're expecting them to turn out at, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Mm. Yeah. And I think the Democrats, the, the, you know, they again, they've woken up. The messaging is, is on point. Uh, the 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 MAGA stuff is it's almost like the kiss of death, right? So, and and the Republicans are in this terrible place now where their own candidates, they can't get out of the primaries, right? Unless they're MAGA endorsed, but they can't win a general um, if they're MAGA endorsed. So what do they do? Well, do they I mean? are, there's a bunch of them that are trying to start, uh, they are starting to try to run away from that and from their um, extreme abortion stances. Like they're starting to scrub it from their websites, yeah, and yeah. it's not going well for them, right? So, so they're damned if they do, and they're damned if they don't. And I think that's it's great. It, this is a fantastic place for the Democrats to be. Yeah, this because- is not where you want to be just a couple of weeks out from the election if you're the party that's supposed to be having a red wave. Mm. Yeah, because and and this is you know this was always going to happen, right? But it was just when when was it going to happen? When was the was the um the, the sort of Faustian pact? When was this going to, you know, come undone? When 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 was the debt going to be called in? And it, I think the debt's being called in, <laughs> right? That that they've now they've just made a deal with the devil, and like the deal is worth nothing. You know, they, they basically they you know without tr- so Trump's in this terrible position as well, right? Where where you know where he. He ha- he he can't run and he has to run at the same time, um, and he's sort of doing this to everybody else as well. So they can't run without Trump, um, but they have to run without Trump as well. So they every they're all facing this sort of terrible conundrum, and because everything Donald Trump touches, and this is something that if you've looked at this guy's career, if you looked at what this guy's done throughout history, everything this guy touches dies. Everything he turns everything to dog shit. Like, <laughs> so why and you would think thought- they would learn that lesson by now you'd think they'd understand whether it's uh his immediate lieutenants his attorneys uh his staffers former staffers from the white house <laughs> they just don't learn he screws over everyone mm. it's i've been comparing it and i did in my piece today comparing donald trump to walter white just a mm. dumb guy walter white and everyone Walter White came into contact with in Breaking Bad met some sort of brutal, awful end to their lives. Mm. <laughs> so that it's kind of like he is just spreading this political cancer to everyone he engages with uh, on that side. And uh, they just don't learn. Yeah, I feel yeah. so bad for Republicans. Breaks my heart. I yeah, know, it's me really too. Sad. So, it's so sad. sad. It's really, really sad. Uh, so anyway, guys, jobs report. Uh, Justin, you've been banging on me. You've been Justin's been messaging me all week, going jobs report. This is amazing. Like, what was it? The statistic you sent me um, about the jobs numbers this week? 
oh, what they, they were freaking amazing. I was like, I was, I've been waiting for it. it like, cause people have been like, oh, it's going to be terrible. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about that. And they came out and they were, they, I mean, they were within expectations, but people were begging for it to be terrible. And it's like, no, they were not. What was it today? It was what 315,000 jobs. Granted, now that's not the 586,000 from last month, but for an August, for so I look because I, I always do this. I look at like the last thirty or forty years worth of numbers, and mm. for whatever reason, August is terrible. Mm. I don't know what it is about August, but August tends to be terrible. And this is going back through like pretty much every administration, whether or not it's a good economic times or kind of crappy economic times. August just tends to be kind of weak. Like during Bush's administration, there was only two uh, two years where the numbers were not negative or under a hundred thousand jobs. Every other time it was just like, it was just all crap for Bush. Obama's weren't great either. They just were kind of anemic during August, but for Biden last year was 517,000. And this year it's 315,000 pending, you know, of course, but if before that you have to go back to 1998 before you get another good number. That, uh, that was higher than this month. I mean, I'm not counting 2020 because they were regaining all of the hundreds and hun- like millions of jobs that were lost because of the pandemic. So 2020 is all weird and wonky. But 315,000 is astonishingly good for an August. And I mean, unemployment's up. Uh, the number went up. But that's because more people are looking for jobs. So that's good. Right. Like that's not how usually when you hear unemployment is up, you go, oh, no, that's terrible. It's like, no, more people are looking for jobs because the jobs market is so hot that people are like, oh, wait, I, w- I want to go get a job now. There's mm. jobs out there and there's jobs everywhere. So I want a job and people are just out there looking. Wages went up again, which is granted. That's not great for inflation, but it's great for everything else. So, yeah, no, this is fantastic. Go yeah, by Brandon. the way, uh, <laughs> remember July's numbers? July was uh, reported at uh, plus 528,000 jobs, which was gigantic. And that number, according to this latest jobs report, was only revised down by 2,000. So it turns mm-hmm. out that July, at, at the end of the day, is a, a gain of 526,000 jobs, which Jesus. is still massive. We're at 22 million jobs recovered since the end of, uh, you know, the uh, lockdowns and things like that. The jobs that were all lost during COVID, and we're still in COVID. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. Uh, but the jobs recovered since then is the biggest recovery, fastest recovery that we have had in modern times. Certainly faster than after the Great Recession, and uh, I believe certainly faster than uh, the recession in the early 2000s, I believe it was. So in that respect, once again, Dark Brandon rules the day. The Dark Brandon rises. Dark Brandon has to marry. <laughs> Genius. All right, uh, gents, it's time for both sides. Our both sides segment is um, the most popular segment of the podcast. I say this with absolutely... No evidence to back this up whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but uh, I enjoy this bit because we hi- this is where we highlight Republican insanity. Um, uh, uh, to, to basically, to contrast it with what you see on the left and that there is nothing, absolutely nothing comparable. So, um, Justin, you have yes. a pick. What, who's your pick this week? 
Um, I've got a true piece of shit. His name is Dalton Clodfelter. <laughs> the name alone is just like, oh, Claude okay. Felter. So that was my yeah, radio okay. name for a while. <laughs> Claude Felter. Um, okay, so um, he is. This is from Right Wing Watch. Um, he's a far right conspiracy theorist, um, a white nationalist, Christian fascist uh, type guy, and um, really nice guy, then yeah. Oh yeah, real nice guy. So he was out there, and he went on his little his little show, and he announced that uh, this is a quote from him. <clears throat> Once we take our country back, we will have. Fe- I, I swear to God, he said this. We will have federal agents kicking down the doors of every treasonous Democrat, every treasonous globalist. Globalist, of course, means Jews. Mm-hmm. Every homosexual couple that has molested a child, because that's what homosexuals do, oh, and they will be arrested, and they will be sentenced to prison. I believe in a far-right authoritarian government. No, I am not a fascist. He literally just described fascism. No, I am not a white supremacist. Yeah, okay. And no, I am not a Nazi. But I do believe that hierarchy, structure, and authority are very important. I do believe that our society needs these things in order to progress and maintain its cultural framework. And, and he just brags about this. He says out loud what Republicans are actually plotting. Like this is what they this is what they want when they talk about Christian nationalism. This is what they're talking about, mm. and he wow. just says it out loud. This is when the fringe, the fringe is what the fringe talks about, and then five, six, seven years down the road, this is what Republicans say out loud, wow. with no shame whatsoever. And it even the furthest of the far, like I mean, like the actual far left. I'm not talking like fake far left, like Greenwald. Actual far left people, the worst that they talk about is, oh, someday I will force everyone to have universal health care and free education. I mean, oh no, the horror. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's just no equivalence at all. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my, so my pick this week is, uh, is uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. And this um, SOB... He did a pre-buttle to America's uh, to, to to Joe Biden's uh, speech. Ugh. So um, he he did this in Pennsylvania, and this is via mediaite. He said uh, the um, the California Republican and presumptive House Speaker, if the GOP takes the House in November, accused the White House of ignoring the needs of Americans. Right? Quote. He said they just don't get it. You have never been more worried, more alarmed by the direction of our country, yet they tell you everything is fine. You worry that your children will have less opportunity than you did, yet they tell you things are looking up. Uh, McCarthy then accused Democrats of downplaying issues such as inflation, supply chain issues and crime. Quote, I don't dismiss your fears, I share them, he said. And I, along with every Republican running for Congress this year, share your unwavering conviction that we must change direction in Washington before it's too late. He added, never in modern times has an administration promised more and delivered less, and they have no one to blame but themselves. In the past two years, Joe Biden has launched an assault on the soul of America and on its people and its laws and its most sacred values. He's launched an assault on our democracy. I'm not making this up, by the way. His policies have severely wounded America's soul, diminished America's spirit, and betrayed America's trust. End quote. (laughs) Should we just pause for a moment? Just, Just to to marvel at this alternate universe constructed in the mind of a sycophant of a of of a a bootlicking pathetic <laughs> toe rag uh, i don't know if you guys use that that word but <laughs> what is a toe rag a toe rag it's a sort of a, a down you know a scoundrel a kind of a real like a real piece of you know s-h-i-t 
Well, I kind of um, got that, but I mean, what yeah. specifically is a toe rag? What is the what is the reference? Is, is there something in rag. England called a toe something rag? You wash, you... Something you clean your toes out with. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, I mean, okay. The official d- definition of a toe rag is a contemptible or worthless person. Okay. Um, so, uh, you, you know, luckily I have Google on hand here. But it, <laughs> it, 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 so apparently the term initially appeared in the literal sense of a rag wrapped around the foot inside a shoe in about 1864. But by 1865, it had become the synonym for tramp or, or homeless person. Um, so basically, yeah, your toe rag might be sort of like a, a homeless person back in the sort of Victorian England. Um, and then it's become, it's become a sort of, a, yeah, you, you, now it's, you use it to describe a contemptible person. I think uh, Kevin McCarthy is that. He is a contemptible person. He's a toe rag. Um, and like, I'm not, you know, look, obviously, Joe Biden came out of a speech basically saying the exact same thing. But what Joe Biden is saying is true. They have they have not figuratively attacked the, 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 the American democracy. They have literally attacked American democracy. Repo- Republicans and the MAGA mob physically assaulted members of Congress. They went. They they tried to attack the Capitol building, the U.S. Capitol building, and this guy has the nerve. To accuse, it's like a, a complete mirror reality that they they, you know, it's just they could just say anything now. It's just say whatever well, you want. They have. You know, yeah, just say what it, say anything. You know what I mean? Is they'll just say the job the job numbers are down. You know, they're down. They're terrible. They're awful. Even though you can see that they're not. Right. This is now what it's like in 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 on the Republican Party, where you, you know it's like Donald Trump, the biggest inauguration ever. When it's like, bro, we all, we saw the footage, like we all saw it. You didn't, but he's kind of now. I felt like the Trumpification of the of the the GOP now means that you can just say anything you want because the moron, your moron supporters will buy it. They'll Don't either mean, believe it or they'll pretend to believe it because they're not allowed to say otherwise. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I.e., their cult, their cult members. So anyway, that's my that's my one for for this week. Uh, Bob, who who do you have? Which charming toe rag do you have? <laughs> uh, I have a, yeah, the toe rag of the week for me is a follow up from last week, and that's Matt Walsh, who continues his uh, jihad against. Yeah, you guessed it, Boston's Children's Hospital. Oh, because gosh. if there's one thing that we need to fight back against, it's sick children and medical professionals. So this uh, this started back in middle August where Matt Walsh was saying that uh, babies born at Boston's Children's Hospital are being mutilated. Uh, there's unnecessary hysterectomies being performed on uh, infant girls and that he and his listeners are planning to fight back against Children's Hospital. And as a consequence of that, and this goes again back to middle August when this first started, uh, there have been death threats against hospital staff, doctors, nurses, et cetera. And then uh, Tuesday of this week, there was a bomb threat at Children's Hospital. In Boston. And of course, we're talking about a situation where there are probably surgeries going on inside. There are children that need to be hooked up to certain kinds of machines and incubators and so on. And all of that has to get disrupted 
because some fucking violent red hat who doesn't understand democracy, doesn't understand facts, doesn't understand the difference between right and wrong, decides to call in a bomb threat. A children's hospital, for God's sake. So this is just the beginning as far as I'm concerned. This is going to be something that will eventually lead to uh, real uh, death or deaths, as the case may be. And then, of course, what we're going to hear from Matt Walsh is, who, me? I didn't do anything. He's probably already doing it. You know, in fact, some of the responses I got from trolls was, well, it was just a threat. There wasn't a real bomb. Well, that's a difference without a distinction, assholes, for God's sake. By the way, if you if you need to know, Matt Walsh is a podcaster on Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire network. Uh, Matt Walsh's podcast also, and this just to confirm that I'm not making Matt Walsh popular. Matt Walsh is already <laughs> popular. He is ranked number eight big, in yeah, news and politics on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just by way of comparison, my show is ranked anywhere between 100 and 150 in that category. I know how many downloads I get. I assure you being ranked number eight indicates way more downloads. I'm talking in the millions per episode. So bear that in mind when you say, well, who's Matt Walsh and why should I care? He's got a gigantic audience and already they're starting to act on his threats and his disinformation. So bear that in mind. And every and no, time it, it happens, I'm, I'm sure he just goes home and giggles to himself. It's like, look what I got the morons to do. Ha, yeah, ha, ha, exactly. Ha. Right. That's exactly what they're doing. They're pandering. They're using and exploiting their own listeners, their own fanboys. That's happening wow. across the board. And Donald Trump made that popular. Christ. Wow. What a lovely guy. Human yes, being. Um, but heaven forbid Joe Biden call out these people for being violent extremists. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just a bridge too far. That's too yeah. much. Yeah. I, I don't see any examples of that really happening, yeah. do you? No. That's divisive. He's so yep. divisive, yeah. No. Jesus. Well, listen, um, guys, that's that's the that's the show today. We're going to be going into the members-only section uh, for our lovely banter, banter members where we're going to be discussing um, the evidence that Trump is now actually freaking the fuck out about what's going on. And... Um, you know, this is, it's getting more and more serious. I think Trump finally is, is the, you know, the cogs are starting to turn in his very, very, very limited <laughs> mind that things are bad. And you can see by his behavior, as, uh, there's, a, there's one example in particular that I want to discuss. Um, but we're going to go into the members only section. Thank you all for listening. If, um, if you'd like to listen to the members only podcast, sign up for a free trial, listen to it for free. If you like what we do, become a member, support us. We need your help. We need your support. Um, the band, and this is how we stay afloat, is from our glorious members. Um, a huge thank you to our glorious members. You guys are amazing. And thank you all so much for um, continuing to support what we do. And we will see you next week. Woohoo! Later. <laughs>